Hi, this is President Micah. And I'm co-president Chris. And this is the 2023 Trash Can Nation State of the Union. Trash Can OGs, it's been a great year. We're closed up season two. And guess what? How many states have we had, Chris? A whopping 26. How many countries have we had, Chris? That's a lot of states. Across five continents. 20 countries. A That's a lot of countries. So y'all can pick it up anytime. We're growing. We're growing stronger. We're growing stronger together as OGs across this land. And season three will be our best one yet because together we can make trash can great again. My motto as well is make trash can great again and make trash can profitable more than ever. But what we're going to do for season three is build trash can better. You like how I used those two slogans? <laughs> so this has been our State of the Union. And let's open up Season 3 with Micah. And I'm Chris. And this is the Donut Box Podcast. Yeah. Uh-huh. So Chris, Season 3. It's interesting because what's crazy is that it, we've been doing this for two years now. And I feel like we're just finally starting to get some traction. They say it takes like a good like three to five years to finally like make it big. Unless you're like a uh, like a celebrity, like celebrities like Logan Paul or whatever. They just pop out a podcast and everybody goes and listens to it. But if you're just a regular Joe Schmo like us, uh, you got to you got to start it from the bottom. Now we're here, like Drake said. Yeah. And then we're going to get to the point where. It's like we'll have a producer that does it all, and all we get do, you know, we'll get paid to talk, and that'll be great. But that's all in the future. That's all in the future. Now, before we get started, Micah, I have to ask: Should we come out with merch right now? Should we do it? We should not. We would make all this merch, and I know that one person would buy. But other than that, I don't know who would. So I don't think it's a good proper time at the moment. Probably like our wives, and then like that other person, and probably my mom would buy it and that was probably it so we we, we know it'd be good and uh you know maybe our listener over in frankfurt germany uh maybe maybe they they hop on that because uh man they consistent but uh we got a lot of consistent folks man we were looking at the map earlier and uh there's there's so many places out there columbus ohio was a really big one um iowa is always massive you guys are all consistent listeners but i mean it's amazing to look at it and look at the, uh, we have what's called the heat map, right? We can see where everybody's listening from and just see how vast it gets. And, uh, man, it's always exciting whenever you see new blips. Like, you know, it's it's amazing to me, even two years in, I get super excited when it's like, oh, man, we got a new location. And, you know, I've even learned some geography in some locations I didn't even know about. I'm always like, man, I wonder how these people find us, or maybe it just pops up on their feed, and they probably take one listen, and they're like, oh, because I've seen a couple, like, countries do that, and then I've seen another was like, oh, yeah, I like this. I'm going to download it every week, and I'm going to tell my friends. But hey, man, that just comes with the territory. So uh, season three is going to be good. I'm excited for it. Yeah, heck yeah, man. Well, you know, in um, season opening and season closing fashion, a lot of the times we like to free form it. So in a season opening fashion, we're going to open up season three with a little bit of uh, get to know your host. Because listen, you guys know us, but you don't really know some things. And, you know, there's even some stuff when we were prepping for this episode that Chris and I were talking about with each other. 
And it's like, oh man, I didn't even know that that happened, or I forgot that that happened. So you know, it's it's always fun to kind of go through that stuff, and uh, you know, you always can learn things about people that are interesting. So yeah, man, um, do you want me to start it out? I'm 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 eager to get into your life. I understand that you bought your first car with cash, and l- let me tell you. Even in the day and age that we grew up, that kind of wasn't real common. I mean, how many people, you know, I think their parents, you know, paid for a lot of it. But Chris, you bought your own car, the Buick. We've talked about it before. But I don't think we've talked about how you bought it, what you did work-wise to get there. And uh, there there was a couple different jobs, right? Well, it was mainly because of Chuck E. Cheese. That's mainly what it was. I worked at Chuck E. Cheese. Um, I know you talked about me working at the the Masters golf tournament, but that was to buy my plane tickets to come out to Texas. That's right. For some reason, I thought that was also to, to save up for your car. But no, that's all right. That's all right. It was to buy the plane tickets for your first trip out to Texas. Yeah. So um, yeah. I'll go into that in a little bit. But Chuck E. Cheese, so uh, it was my first job, and I was looking around for jobs, and I applied everywhere. And I just happened to go to Chuck E. Cheese and was like, let me give it a shot. And so I applied. Um, they hired me on as a game room attendant. And I, we've talked a little bit about what that means. But basically, the game room attendant did pretty much everything. They uh, bust the tables. They fixed all the games. They restocked the games with tickets back in the days when uh, games would spit out tickets. Now they have it really easy because they just spit out a card. And you can just swipe it, and whenever you play a game, the tickets just get added to your card, which I'm like, that is absolutely genius. Um, And so I would also have to bust the tables, and then at night, I would have to wipe down all 100 games, bust all 100 tables, fill all the cheeses, all the napkins, sweep under the tables, um, refill all the games with tickets, um, and then I'd have to vacuum the whole store. And then I'd have to mop. And it was like pretty big. And it was only like one person that did it at night. And so it was a lot. And I worked there for, I think it was 10 months. And I just saved up all my money. And I remember like a lot of people would be like, hey, like let's go out to eat or let's go do this thing. So uh, a lot of people, they would want to go out. And I'd be like, nah, man, I'm trying to uh, save money for my car. And so when it was time to buy the car, I remember I looked in like the newspaper and all that good stuff. Um, and there was like this used car lot. And so we went up there and it was this 96 Buick. Um, I test drove it and it was like right um, in my price range. And I that's when I learned about tax tag and title because the sticker price um, is what's on the sticker. But they also have to charge you for your taxes, your title and your like licenses and stuff. So that's usually an extra like 200 to 400 dollars. So I learned that real quick. Um, but I remember like my grandpa went and checked out the car and they were like, yeah, this car was like pretty in pretty good shape. And I only have one previous owner. And so, uh, bought the car cash and, uh, yeah, man, uh, picked Mike up. I think it was before he got his truck. And so I was his ride for a while. And, uh, then when he got his truck, he could drive on his own, but yeah, it was, it was cool to have your own car, man. Um, now my parents paid for the insurance, but I, Bought the car and I paid for the gas. So, I mean, it was like, I guess it was a fair deal, I I would say. And I think if I remember correctly, wasn't it like $2,500, something like that? I think it's how much it was. It was $2,500 with uh, tax tag and title. So I bought it straight up cash. And so that was, uh, that's, a, that's kind of a, I'm not 
proud of a whole lot of things in my life. I mean, there are a couple things that I'm proud of, but like that's one that I'm really proud of. But uh, yeah. So uh, yeah. Enough about me. Uh, we'll ask some more questions about me later. Um, but Micah, we've talked about your love of planes, man. Um, where did that stem from, and what have you always wanted to be when you when you grow up? Uh, it started off. As a kid, I grew up part of my life in Germany because uh, my dad was in the military. And uh, so was over there, and there was an airport over there in Frankfurt, big, massive airport. And, um, you know, I don't know. I saw a lot of where we were living. There was planes flying over the house and things like that, so I got to see that quite a bit. But the 747, the big jumbo jet, you know, the four-engine, double-decker, son of a gun, I don't know. It was just uh, it was just massive, and at the time, this was like pre nine eleven, so you know there was like an observation deck, and I just remember you'd go out on the observation deck and you could see everything that they were doing, and it's just such a, they were just such massive machines and all these people, and you know, it was, I don't know, it was a glamorous looking life, and so I wanted to be a pilot, like a commercial pilot, when I grew up. But um, I'll tell you this much, I kind of got into that world a little bit. Um, I actually went to a flight school that was geared towards getting you to be a commercial pilot. And man, I did not like the lifestyle, actually. Um, I mean, a lot's changed, so it kind of weirdly goes back, right? So, um, being in a military kid, you know, my parents weren't exactly there a ton, right? Especially my daddy wasn't there a ton. And, you know, a lot of what I had, I have a lot of friends who are pilots and things like that. And that's the biggest thing is, uh, you know, they really don't get to see their family a ton. And especially right now because there's a big pilot shortage. They don't get to see their family a ton. They're on the road all the time. And, you know, they, they, they miss those moments. Like the holidays are coming up, right? Like we talked about Thanksgiving, Christmas. Like, you know, you won't be able to see them, things like that. And so, I don't know. There was that and there's... It's different when it's a job and a business, right? Like flying on your own is fun when you fly... And you're on somebody else's schedule and on somebody else's time. It's a it's a job and a business, right? And so it just kind of turns you off after a while. So priorities change a little bit. Um, but no, I still love planes. Love planes of all kind. But um, and here's the thing about Micah. Micah can just look at a plane, and Micah can even like close his eyes and he can hear a plane and he can tell what kind of plane it is. Is that true? That's that's true, right? Yeah, for for most things now. A lot of people, whenever I say planes, they're like, oh, military stuff. Military stuff, I I know, like, basic stuff, but really not much. I'm kind of a different guy. I like uh, commercial aviation a ton. But, yeah, it's it's a lot of that. And I guess over time it's gotten kind of easier just because, you know, I think we've talked about cars and stuff like that on here and how there's kind of just general, you know, a few different makes and models and they're just kind of all the same but a little different per manufacturer it's kind of the same thing with planes now they're all pretty much the same in design except for a few little nuances but there's a lot less of them and they're a lot more just kind of generic now so it's a little easier now it used to be it was a little harder the uh, funny thing about micah is if i'm ever flying like i'll tell him like where i'm going and stuff and he'd be like he'd be like yeah i'm tracking your flight right now he's like you're gonna be flying on this plane and this plane is pretty cool because da da da. It'll give me like the history of it. And be like, oh yeah, these are these are not uh, made that anymore. There's not that many more of these. 
so enjoy this flight. And so uh, you recently took that flight on one of the, uh, I guess it was the last remaining plane of its kind or something. And so uh, to me, man, I'm like, I, I'm on a plane. Like it flies as long as it flies. Like I don't care about Micah. Like he loves planes. Now, let me ask you. So do you think at this point, like knowing what you know, would you just rather um, flying be like a hobby? Like you want to get your pilot's license and you would just like do it as a hobby or would you still want to be like a private pilot or? Uh, I, I would love for it to just be a hobby. Uh, have my own plane, go out and do my own thing. Like, um, you know, in the morning, go burn a little fuel, that sort of thing. Really and truly, if I had to do it for a job and a career, um, I think I would want to be more the instructor route. I like to teach, and so it would be nice, and that way you still get to be home a lot. You know. Yeah, tell them about uh, the game that you have played about planes. I mean, it's not really a game, but, oh, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Flight Simulator. Poor, poor, poor Chris, I'll tell you this much. Whenever we shared a room together, how, how many hours do you think I put in? Yeah, it was. here's the thing about Flight Sim. Uh, you would, even before we had to share a room, like even when we lived back in Georgia, you'd be like, yeah, I'm flying to Brazil right now, or I'm flying to some, some, but like you, like, it's like in real time. So you would just kind of like, once you got in the air and all that stuff, like you would just kind of let it fly. And then you'd be like, hold on, bro. We got to pause our game. Cause I got to land this plane. Cause it's about time for me to land. But like, he would be, he would, he would like know where he was at and he'd be like, yeah, bro, we got to <laughs> stop real quick. Cause uh, yeah, we got to yeah. stop playing basketball. Cause I got to go play in this plane. So <laughs> yeah, that's my wife has to deal with that. So, uh, she also got really, really mad because, uh, on the, you know, more modern flights. So like, even in that flight simulator, you could pause it, but now you could pause it like midair. <laughs> and you do whatever you need to do. I just don't like doing that. I like keeping it real time and everything going like it should and things like that. So it's just funny because she gets kind of agitated about it sometimes. Like, you know, you could pause. It was like, oh, I know. But like, we're, we're you know, we got to fly this approach right now. You know, that's actually, that's actually a weird fact that I don't think really anybody knows about me. We're divulging this on the Donut Box podcast. So... Uh, flight simulator is actually how I learned how to fly more complex systems. Like, you know, most people, like what I flight train on in real life or Cessna's the small, like single prop planes, but you know, flight simulator, you could fly all the way up to airliners and that's always what I've been interested in. I had no idea how autopilot worked or, you know, any of the radio frequencies and things. Honestly, it was like trial and error over the years and then... Come to find out, you start putting two and two together, and then finally I found how to do autopilot, and that made my life a lot easier. Um, a lot of people talk mess, especially on Flight Simulator, of like, oh, you know, oh, you turn on the autopilot, you're not really flying. For me, where you're honing your skills, like, yes, there are skills in just regular flying, but where you hone your skills are takeoff and landing, because those are the most critical points, especially landings. Um, and that's always my favorite is, you know, getting to do that. But, you know... 33,000 feet maintaining yourself that's boring you know you can let the autopilot do that in my mind yeah i got two more things i'm gonna say and then we'll get off this but uh number one our friend aaron he's actually a pretty successful youtuber and that's a lot of what he makes on his channel is uh flight sim videos um and so they're actually pretty good and he's actually pretty entertaining so yeah, yeah he's got great content actually so uh shout out to aaron if if you're listening he's a cool guy um he's actually i was just gonna say go look him up yeah aaron rines go look him up 
uh, for sure. And then number two, my question was, now some of y'all have never seen this movie, but uh, Soul Plane, how do you feel about that movie? <laughs> how do you feel? Do you, do you get like upset about some of the things about the plane in Soul Plane? Uh, no, because it's, it's a comedy movie, so you know it's going to be really inaccurate. Um, I mean, you can't have spinners on there and whatnot, um, or hydraulics or any, you know, some of the features that, that the plane had there. No, but where I do get mad is, um, sometimes in TV and movies, they, what they'll use is they'll use stock footage of like a plane taking off or landing, right? And the hard part for me is there are some basics, like, I I know this is to people who don't care, right, and they're just watching TV, it doesn't matter. But for me, it's like they'll they'll show a DC three, which is like this little prop plane, right? And then the inside is the this main, you know, cabin, huge passenger airline, and you're going, okay, yeah, right. That thing sits six people. How is there eighteen in a first class and a business class cabin? That all made no sense. Like that's the stuff that pisses me off. I'm like, see, the logistics just it doesn't work out. So your senior year of high school, we've talked about it a little bit before, but it was kind of a tumultuous time. Um, I don't know. Most people's senior year is a little interesting. But, you know, part of your senior year, you knew that you were moving to Texas. So kind of how did that go? Uh, like, what do you mean about me moving to Texas and how my attitude was? Yeah, like, I know that senioritis definitely kicked in. But uh, it was it was an interesting time for Chris. We're just going to divulge this a little bit, too. We've talked about it, but to put it in full picture here, you know, he started dating this particular gal. We've talked about her in the past. And then at the same time, he had his car, too. And um, not just that, but he was a part of the Police Explorer program. And about that point was like, yeah, kind of stepped away from church and the youth group kind of thing at the time. So, like, tell tell us about what was going on with... Uh, I guess dark side Chris over here. What was going on? Oh, if we have to, that is not a proud moment in my life. Uh, it was basically looking back on it. I'm like, yeah, man, I just squandered that senior year, but I had been, um, not bullied, but just kind of treated poorly by a lot of people I knew, not Micah, but like, it was like, man, I tried to reach out and have friends and just didn't really feel like I fit in. Um, except when I started the police internship program, that's when I started having friends. And, uh, bro, once I, found out that I was moving to Texas uh, mentally, I was like giving the middle finger to everybody. (laughs) I was just like, you know what? I'm moving to Texas. I'm going to burn all the bridges I have right now. I was like, I ain't never going to see none of y'all fools again. Um, And so I remember, so the girl that I was dating, uh, I, she broke up with me in January. And of course me, I was like uh, still trying to hold on and like still trying to be the friend. And she was like kind of using that. But like, as soon as I found out I got accepted into Texas, I just came over there and was like, yeah, bro, I'm moving to Texas. Bye. Sorry about you. I don't care. And she was like, but, but, but like, what about this and that? And I was like, yeah, bro. Uh, I don't care. I'm moving to Texas. Uh, even with the youth group leaders, bro. Uh, that's the time that we, uh, pepper sprayed each other in the parking lot. Or I got pepper sprayed in the parking lot. And, uh, yeah. And so then the youth leaders were trying to say stuff to me. And I was like, yeah, bro, I don't really care. Like, I just, I didn't really care. I was in a bad spot that whole year, man. Um, just because I was, like, kind of tired of doing, like, the good goody-two-shoes thing. 
it wasn't I was like going out and partying or you know cussing people out or anything like that. I just was making a lot of decisions that weren't me, um, and I think I was doing it out of a lot of pain, and um, I was just kind of frustrated with um, things that were going on at home and uh, mostly between like me and my dad. And so I was just like ready to get out. Like I was just ready to leave the house. I was ready to be done with Augusta, Georgia. And so I just had a really bad attitude and like looking back on it, man, I wish I would have cherished like those moments and would have, cause if I couldn't go back, I'd do my senior year way differently. Like I goofed off. Um, I skipped school a lot and I was just like, yeah, man, like, just forget this. So it was not a good time for good old Christopher. That was that's not a proud moment in his life. <laughs> now, now as negative as that was, um, we'll talk about this. Where would where would Christopher senior year go and skip school? Like if you were if you skipped school, what was it? Oh, so here's the thing, and my mom is gonna totally be upset when she hears this because my mom doesn't even know. So I'm gonna confess this on the donut Ooh, box. We're divulging. I told you season three were going to be edgy. Basically what I would just really do is I would like go to my homeroom and I'd go to my first period class and then I would like fake sick and then I would just go home. Uh, <laughs> that's really what I would do. I would go home and watch TV. And I even remember like on my birthday, I pretended to go to school. But then after like my parents left for work i just came right back home and i watched tv so so like i skipped school like not to go anywhere but like i just skipped school just so i could stay at home and watch tv um yeah i didn't like go out to lunch i never skipped school with anybody it's not like me and micah didn't go to the same school so it's not like we would go and hang out you know i think that was probably for the best you and i would have gotten in a lot of trouble if we went to the same school so yeah so i just was like yeah i'm just not gonna go to school today like and in my mind i was like oh yeah i got like this many unexcused absences before i can't (laughs) graduate or before they start calling my parents so i was i was i was calculating i was like yeah yeah it was bad that and you you think about that stuff and then you also think about uh i have this many unexcused absences before i can't exempt in some of my exams at the end of the semester (laughs) Oh, yeah, like, man. You, you think about all the little requirements, and then you work around that. Uh, side note, I actually, one time I skipped school, um, and this is my junior year, but I just remember, I don't know, this, it was perfect, because this guy had his girlfriend's house, like, right outside the high school, and we had a class that was right outside, and they would allow you to walk outside between you know, different parts of the school. So we conjured up this plan. We were like, yeah, it was like me and three other guys were like, yeah. So what we're going to do, he had his car parked right over there. We're like, we're just going to walk over there. There's a little fence. We're going to jump the fence. We're going to get in the car and go. And we'll be back before the next period. Man, we, we got out there. We start driving. We're like, okay, so what do we do? We were like, so it was almost like prisoners in a prison break. Like, but once we actually got out, we were like, okay, what are we going to do? And it was just like, I don't know. And then one person was like, you want to go to Cracker Barrel? It's like, sure. So then there was a bunch of 16-year-olds. We went to Cracker Barrel and then Toys R Us and then went back for our next period. So what a wild time. It is like it is like prison. And that's the difference like between high school and college. Because once you go to college, like you feel so free. You feel like you can come and go as you please. You don't feel like you're stuck there. And so, yeah, I totally get it, man. 
I totally get it 100%. But yeah, uh, sorry, mom, if you're listening, which I know she is. Uh, I was skipping school senior year. Uh, like I said, not a great time for Christopher. I was skipping school and I was part of the police internship program. So you do the math of how that worked out morally. <laughs> hey, it, it, it worked out. It worked out. You're a great person now. But uh, speaking of bad times on myself, uh, yeah, is is there any time you want to ask me about that maybe, uh, I don't know, that you remember that was that was interesting times for me? Um, Interesting times for you, man. Uh, I know that because I was going to bring up the fact that you skipped football practice to go go to work. Um, but we, we won't, we won't <laughs> yeah, divulge that, that story. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was, I think whenever this was kind of when our friendship was like on the rocks and, uh, I was not in a good place and you were dating, uh, that girl, you know who I'm talking about and that hussy. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah. And you just kind of seemed like just miserable. You were working at the airport. You were like working really, really hard. Um, and you, bro, you were just 16 hour yeah, days, sometimes. 16 hour yeah. days, bro. And like, I, I hardly ever saw you just cause you were like, you were exhausted, man. And you kind of, you kind of just seemed like you were just, you were just surviving at that point. Uh, so how was that time for you? Tell us, tell us a little bit. You don't have to divulge all the secrets. So but, uh... it was actually interesting times. So um, that particular, I guess you kind of have your first, your first major relationship or your first like love, love that you have. And that was her for me. And, you know, it was also one of those relationships to where you blow past a lot of red flags and you try to make the puzzle piece fit, even though it doesn't. We've all had those relationships, right? But, uh, I definitely have, I'll be the first to raise both my hands for that. Yeah. It's just like, you see all the red flags. I mean, there was so many red flags for her from the very beginning. Honestly, she didn't even want to date me. And she told me that straight up from the beginning, but, uh, I wanted to date her. And, you know, anytime you put yourself in a situation where it's like, they don't want to, and you try to force the issue, I wouldn't say like they have the upper hand, but the kind of person that she was, she used that to her advantage. So that wasn't good. But, um, I'll just say this, man. It was a real toxic relationship, and she was a very broken person. And what's really hard about dating broken people is uh, you want to try to fix them, right? And you think, oh, man, like nobody else can fix them, but I can because we had this special connection and all this other stuff. What that ended up getting me to was uh, I ended up actually living with her, and this was, I mean... I was fresh out of high school. Like, I had graduated in... When when do people graduate high school? May, I guess, was where my graduation was. And I was, I guess, living with her and her family by September, October. Something like that. And I technically, like, I was living... And that's the reason Chris wouldn't see me a lot is because... Um, pretty much what happened is that family knew that I was working long hours. They lived kind of right around the corner where our house was, or where Chris and I were living was, uh, about 30 minutes away from the airport. So it was a little bit of a drive. And most of the time I would get off at 12, one in the morning. So they were just like, you know what, why don't you just come over here? And so what ended up happening is of course I move a bunch of my stuff over there. So I was essentially living there. Right. Um, what ends up happening is, uh, this was a very traditional uh, Mexican home. And uh, 
basically, you know, the man brings in the money and the, the women take care of the rest. And so pretty much that was my job. And you put the money into the pool with the, the rest of the family. So pretty much that's what happened was my paycheck went towards the family and paying bills. And uh, so it was a real, you know, I was a part of the family for the most part. Uh, well, her stepfather. Oh, by the way, guys, if you can hear a cat meowing in the background, that is, uh, yeah, we're fostering a cat right now, and they're being very vocal, so bear with us. You get to hear them wanting to talk on the podcast. But pretty much, uh, her stepfather actually, like the other man of the family, pretty much, passed away unexpectedly, and so that kind of fell to me, and uh, was working, was working, you know. 16 hours trying to trying to make that money and uh, i tell you what man that was a that's a hard time for a 19 year old uh i wasn't expecting all that you nothing really prepares you for that um especially you know most 19 year olds they go out on their own you know get an apartment first and uh but it was full on you know taking care of a whole family so that's pretty crazy but yeah man so uh that was a crazy part of my life but i tell you what man um We've also had some some great times as well, and uh, one that I want to talk about, and it's fairly recent. I wouldn't say fairly recent; it's been uh, over a year now. But you know, Chris went from one business to another, one industry to another, and actually found his dream role. Speaking of dream jobs, you know, in the dream profession that he wants to be a part of. Uh, Chris, I want you to talk about that a little bit because uh, you know. That's awesome, and especially, anyways, I'll let you explain. Oh yeah, uh, so I so it's actually kind of stepping back into that dream role because um, so like before my divorce and everything, I was uh, in ministry. I was a kids pastor. Um, then going through the divorce and everything, had to step out of it for a while uh, just to kind of heal and you know get everything back on the right track. Right. Um, so it was it was it was definitely tough because uh, walking through divorce was a hard season, but. Um, yeah, man. Um, it's going on two years almost. Uh, going back into ministry, man, and I love it. I get to teach kids about Jesus every day. Um, but more than that, I get to help other people who want to do that. So, um, I've been doing kids ministry for going on seven years now, um, as staff and as like volunteers. So I've been doing it for a while. So I can help other people who want to do it. Um, but before that, I did uh, like prison and youth ministry. So not youth that are in prison, but I did youth ministry and prison ministry. Um, I went to Bible school, got all my Jedi powers um, so I can marry people and perform funerals. Um, but yeah, man, it's great. I get to enjoy what I do every single day. I get to help other people who are wanting to do the same thing, um, kind of help them get to an elevated level, man. And so it's really cool. Um, never thought I'd get paid for doing something that I love, but you know, it's great. Kids are awesome. I get to be myself. I get to tell awesome jokes. Um, and the cool thing about working with kids, sometimes it's better than working with adults because kids like they get it and they're, uh, they don't have so many blocks and you can be fun and goofy. Um, but it's still the same time, like people underestimate kids and how smart they are. And so it's really cool, man. But, uh, yeah, so that's a little bit about uh, me stepping into my dream role. I had a, one thing, one fun fact that people don't know about Micah is that Micah loves to cook. Um, so, Micah, when did your, like, love for cooking start? I don't, I don't even know. I kind of do remember as a kid, um, 
even and you know maybe this was a different time do you remember that you know like cable primetime cable there used to be like cooking shows like that that's not a thing anymore for sure but do you remember emerald lagasse like i remember he was a big one be like 8 p.m. like and it would just be like on a prime time thing and he would like have his own cooking show and stuff like that or even like Rachel Ray at the time and you know that's more like on Food Network stuff but I just remember watching that and even like Iron Chef I don't know if you've ever seen that before where it's like a competition show from the the 90s where they have to cook something from a secret ingredient and stuff um and that's it's pretty cool but it wasn't until I moved out on my own and uh you know, you got to start cooking for yourself, and I don't know. Here's what's dumb, man. I don't know if you were like this, but uh, when I first got out on my own, uh, I thought for whatever reason, okay, you do what college kids do and eat ramen every meal, and that's that's about how that's going to go. And, you know, I started doing that, and I started actually having some health problems. Like, I wouldn't say health problems, but, like, minor health problems, right? Like, kind of blurred vision some weird stuff going on went to the doctor you know the doctor tells me yeah it's because you can't eat ramen every freaking meal it's full of salt and you have no meat protein like there's nothing there really msg Um, yeah and so it's like you're really not getting nourished at all and so i just remember that doctor saying you know if you're going to eat ramen you have to doctor it up or at least add some meat or protein or something to it and that's kind of how it weirdly started was uh and, you know, even whenever I was a kid, summertime, I was a what they call a latchkey kid, right? You had to stay inside and uh, wasn't allowed to go outside. And so sometimes I would start doctoring up some stuff. And one thing that I would doctor up with seasoning was ramen, but I never, like, added anything else to it. So I already kind of knew how to tweak with some seasoning because of back then. And then um, I started adding, like, sausage or something like that to it, right? Like, you can go buy a pack of sausage real cheap, so I'd cut some of that up put it in there and it kind of became that way and then it became okay how can i make this it basically it became how can i make this cheap food not be cheap food or not feel like cheap food right and that's kind of how it started you know even like uh chef boyardee ravioli there's some things you can do to chef boyardee ravioli that makes it like oh shoot that's that's you know you can't even really tell that comes from a can um, stuff like, and that's kind of just where it started. And then after a while, um, what, one of my main dishes that I really like to make is, uh, schnitzel, like German schnitzel, like it's pork and it's, yeah. Our listener from Frankfurt is probably like, oh yeah. Um, but it's really good. My grandmother has a recipe and believe it or not, I didn't even ask her about it. Literally. I just, I had just seen her do it for years and I figured one day, I bet I could replicate that <laughs> and we had all the ingredients on hand. So I replicate it and, uh, I tell you, my wife devoured it, loved it. And pretty much why I love cooking is, um, I don't know. It's a lot of times what I have issues with in life is uh, a lack of control. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that is, uh, but cooking, you can control a lot of aspects, right? You can you can control how fast you cook it, how slow you cook it. You can control how big you dice the, the onions that is going to go. I mean, it, you can scale up, scale down. You can micromanage the crap out of it, or you can just enjoy yourself and be like, I don't really, you know, we're, we're going to have fun with it. 
I don't know. That's kind of what I like about they it. They said that if you work with your mind, that you should rest with your hands. And so, like, you you do a lot of, like, I would consider what you do working with your mind, right? You're not physically, like, doing a construction job. So, like, cooking, you're able to physically prepare something with your hands, and you're able to have, like, a finished product. And so you're like, oh, yeah, I can physically and tangibly see the results of the work that I've done, and you feel accomplished. So I totally get it, man. Uh, that's pretty cool. Other other than the schnitzel, are there any other favorite things that you like to cook? Uh, other things that I like to cook, I, I make a really good pasta. I mean, pasta is super easy, right? But um, that's one of those other ones that you find out. You boil some pasta. Um, you can you can make sauces really out of anything, and you know, go with it. Um, schnitzel's the main bit, man. Um, actually, you know, I just made some tonight for my wife and myself, but I can do a really good potato soup too. I, I love doing potato soup. So, um, but yeah, there's quite a bit of stuff, man. Like I probably I'll probably think of a bunch more after we get off the podcast, right? Be like, oh yeah, I should have said that. Well, that's great because I cannot like cook to save my life, bro. I can cook like chicken and mac and cheese, and I can cook a l- little bit, but man, the basics, the basics, dude. But like, if it were up to me, I'd I'd starve. And uh, my poor wife, whenever she met me, bro, I was eating the Totino's pizzas, I was eating the Chef Boyardee, I was eating the Bachelor food. And, dude, I cannot eat Chef Boyardee anymore. Like, I just, I, I've eaten so much of it that I just can't. Um, but, yeah, dude. Yeah, it just makes you sick. <laughs> yeah. Well, my brother actually went to culinary school, and so he could cook phenomenally. But, like, my gift is not cooking. Every time I watch Hell's Kitchen, I'm like, man, if I was on that show, I would die. <laughs> I was like, that is not my gift. But I enjoy watching people uh, cook, and I enjoy that. Um, it's not fun for me. I will clean, so I have no problem washing the dishes. So uh, that's kind of our deal. If my wife cooks, uh, nine times out of ten, I'll wash the dishes. So that's like my contribution to that. But uh, heck, man, even even camping, it's like I'm camp chef. You gonna be you gonna be washing the dishes afterwards? Yeah, bro. I don't care. Like I'll I'm like, dude, I'll wash the dishes. Like I don't care. You cook. So, um, but yeah, man, it's pretty cool. I've so kind of shifting gears a little bit, talking about season two, we just capped it. What are some of your favorite things about season two? Are you like, man, we really improved on this uh, this year? I think, um, honestly, we something was different about the flow. Each time that I listen from last season to this season or like the beginning of season two to now, um, I feel like we're a lot smoother in what we're saying. I feel like we're getting a lot... I know this sounds dumb because even a year in, we were a lot more comfortable than when we started, but still getting very, very comfortable in the flows and what we do and what we do well. And I really think that we're honing in some of those things that we're doing well. Um, you know, what what I like about it is... Because, of course, we listen to each week as well. But from my personal opinion, and tell me if you think differently... Um, there are some weeks we're, we're all human, right? There are some weeks where we have better weeks than others. And I feel like we've gotten to the point now where even between clever editing from Chris and um, kind of where we are, I can't really tell too much anymore. Oh, we that was when I was having a bad week. Like sometimes you can, but not really anymore. And used to, I feel like in the first season, parts of the second season, like early on, 
um, I felt like that was something that you could really see, or I can definitely tell, like, yeah, I was off this weekend, or I was off this week, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure, man. I, I Again, I feel like uh, going back and listening to it, I can definitely tell that um, there was, like, a lid on myself and you because we're, like, very careful what we're going to say and how are people going to perceive this. But I feel like um, this season, like, they've gotten to know more of us. And so we've gotten to um, we've gotten to just be able to flow and groove. One thing we did find our groove on the donut hole. I have been enjoying the quizzes, and I feel like those have been a good thing that kind of helped uh, beef up the show. And adding segments like the tie your shoes because you trip in, or the your fired segment. Um, I think those have been great segments, man. Changing so, changing it uh, up, even keeping with, it fresh in certain ways, in certain areas, you know, that, that's that been really fun. Even with, like, the free-flowing, um, I've enjoyed that. It's been good. I've enjoyed it so much. Uh, the one thing I do um, like more about Season 1, I do enjoy the intros more from Season 1, and I do enjoy, uh, uh, like, the stories because those are some of our like best stories are in season one um just with like the camping trip and like maybe maybe season towards the end of season three or season four we'll go back and retell those stories because uh not everybody has heard them but i i definitely enjoy those um but like it was so cool thinking up like the valentine's day or the christmas episode that was like one of our first ones and I I know that like this past one was good, but I hands down still one of my favorite episodes of all time is the our, the first Christmas one. Um, my my all time favorite episode though is the first Valentine's Day one from beginning. Yeah, to end. that one's hard to talk. Like it's it's like from beginning to end, it's just such a solid episode. It makes me laugh so hard, especially so hands down. I would say that's probably the best intro that we did. And for those of you who don't remember it, it's the intro where it was uh, the radio show and it's oral expressions and we're talking about, um, if you've never heard, um, Sunday Slow Jams. That's what we were going for with that. And man, I think every time I every time I listen back to it, I just, I just crack up because it's just such a great... Uh, it was, you know, every Sunday, it was like every Sunday you could tune in and you would hear it. And it's just, it was so dead on. The Christian radio one was pretty good, uh, intro wise. And then there was another one that I was like, I think when we did gangsters paradise, I thought that one was pretty good for last. <laughs> we did that for last Christmas. I don't know why we did that for last Christmas, but it, it was still pretty good. Well, and think about this. We also made our first animated video this year, kind of jumping over to, uh, you know, YouTube and what we've done kind of in our other work over here. Um, you know, think about it. That's, that's, we, we've had our first content that we've done together put out, uh, this year. Um, you know, since, since a long time, you know, we haven't put content. Yeah. In a since very long time. 2012, since 2012, I think, or 2011. That was like our last time that we actually made an official, video together no it was 2012 because that's when we made the cops video yeah it was 2012 which you could find all that on tvtrashcan.com but um you know it's just amazing how how much we've done um i mean trash can travel that section of youtube is really blown up uh with with a lot of views if we have any listeners from there welcome from that from that area 
Um, plane lovers unite. I'm sure that's that's why you're here. You're probably disappointed because I don't talk about planes on here at all very much. Besides donut holds. We're going to like, I don't know, have one episode where you just talk about planes the whole time. It can be like a... Oh, man. You heard it here first. We're going to have the plane episode. It will be a Got bonus it. episode. It won't be like a regular donut box podcast episode. It can just be like a bonus episode. It's like an optional, an optional if you want to listen to an episode, I guess. Yeah, I think we should do that, bro. Sounds good. We get we could do it for, for that fan base, so heck yeah. Um... But, you know, something I'm super excited for talking about the future in season three, um, you know, kind of what I was alluding to before and how, you know, each season we've kind of gotten more in our groove and how you've talked about, you know, how we have we've gotten looser and how we've talked about more things. And um, I'm really thinking season three, man, um, I've already started working on some content for the next episode. And I don't know, when I say edgy, I'm not talking about being, like, super weird and out there, but at the same time... Or, like, cussing... Some of those things that we found off-limits before, maybe they're not off-limits as yeah, much Yeah, we're not anymore. talking about cussing, like, a sailor or anything like that. But you are going to get to know the dark side. Not, just kidding, not the dark sides, but, like... <laughs> the dark side. <laughs> we're not serial killers, but uh, pulling back the layers, man pulling back the layers like there was a period in our friendship that we were not friends that we did not speak to each other for a while so you guys will probably get to hear about that so uh the nit the nitty gritty the real life true crime just kidding there is no true crime there, there was no crime in that one besides we weren't friends for a little bit there was a crime but it is what it is so of course you'll have to find that out on a future episode but uh but yeah we'll talk about a lot of that stuff We'll talk about, you know, for me, too, I was thinking about uh, what fries my donuts. And, you know, Chris, we have a we have beef with a lot of things, and there are some topics that we stay away from. But at the same time, it's like, you know what? If we have beef about it and what fries our donuts, maybe we should go into it. Not going to get too crazy, but you know what I mean? So look forward to that as well. And uh, can I add, can I talk about family? Yeah. Your family? No, I'm just kidding. I'm Dude. just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Let's divulge it. Listen, go season up. three, we are going to divulge. No, I'm joking. Um, no, know. see, season three, season three, instead of what fries my donuts, it's going to be, I'm a puff, puff up and pop off. It's be <laughs> pop off Tuesday. No, I'm just kidding. Bro. Pop off Tuesday? Sometimes, sometimes I'll just pop off sometimes uh, at work. Like, not in a real way, but like, I'll just go on comedic, I call them comedic tirades. Where I pop off about something that's like not really that big of a deal, like Halloween. Like I'll pop off about it, and people find it funny. I don't know why they do, but they find it funny. Oh yeah. Um. But sorry, Inter another another side note. But anyways. No, I totally get you. I'm the same way. Um. Yeah, that's that's why we're friends because we go on comedic tirades about about how Halloween's devil's birthday. Anyways, um, stuff like that. But, yeah, man, so I'm totally good with wrapping this thing up. We got uh, the past, yeah. the ghost of the past and the present and the future. We've talked about all of them. And, uh, you know, I think Trash Can Nation has a good idea of where we're at and where we're going. But, man, it's exciting times. I can't believe that we've made it to this point. We've made it past 100 episodes this past season. And uh, we're, you know, 
episode 105 we're sitting at right now, and it's crazy. Yeah, man. Well, let's take crazy. this Donut Box podcast out to the trash can. All right. I'm Micah. And I'm Chris. And this has been the Donut Box Podcast. In the words of Tiny Tim, uh-huh. God bless us, everyone. Good night, everyone. Uh-huh, uh-huh.